This podcast is made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Welcome to Go Bronx Podcast, episode 15. I'm Olga Luz. And I'm Angel. In this episode, we will talk about the breweries of the Bronx. We pride ourselves in having a rich tradition in beer brewing, with breweries going back to the mid-19th century during the German immigration in the South Bronx. Although many of those structures are no longer standing, there has been a re-emergence of the tasty industry in the Bronx in recent times. And we are happy about that. Get it? Get it? Yes. Yes, that's funny. Although people like Jonas Bronk and the Van Cortlands never operated a brewery in the 17th and 18th century in what we now call the Bronx, records show that they did brew their own beer at home. In fact, Bronk would use some of his grain to be turned into malt and small quantities of beer. But it was not until the 1850s when we saw our borough's first brewery emerge. A series of failed revolutions in Germany and hard economic times caused hundreds of thousands of Germans to come to the beckoning United States. Many of them decided to move to the mainland north of Manhattan Island, particularly the villages of Morrisania and Melrose. In 1851, Matthias Haffen and his wife Catherine settled in Melrose. Matthias was born in the German state of Palatinate. He was determined to go into a business to serve the growing German population in the South Bronx at the time. In 1856, he established a brewery at the southwest corner of East 152nd Street and Melrose Avenue that was so profitable, it expanded several times. Soon, everyone in the area knew of, or was drinking, half in beer. By 1872, at the ripe age of 58, Haffen decided to retire from the brewing business and let his son John run it. To keep busy, Haffen opened a tavern and meeting place on Cortland Avenue called Protection Hall. The street was so filled with German business establishments that it was nicknamed Dutch Broadway. Matthias Haffen died in 1910 at the age of 96. His brewery continued, but was eventually sold to Jacob Rupert, a well-known Manhattan brewer, who was later forced to close the tavern during the Prohibition era. He was father to New York Yankees owner Colonel Jacob Rupert Jr. Matthias Haffen's youngest son was Louis F. Haffen, who became a civil engineer and the first president of the Borough of the Bronx, serving from 1898 to 1910. We talked a little bit about Lewis Haffen in Episode 9, Bronx Monuments. Just a couple of blocks east of the Protection Hall Tavern, there was another establishment located on a hillside at St. Anne's Avenue between East 156th to East 158th Street. Ebling's Brewery grew into a mega complex that included a casino, and hotel. In 1868, brothers Philip and William Ebling purchased the land from Anne Beck, built the massive brewery, then hollowed out the hillside up to Eagle Avenue to create vaults to store beer. They later built an adjoining hall. The site also included a picnic ground known as Aurora Park, even bowling alleys and dance halls. Yet Ebling's casino was the lit spot, the place to be. After 1890, the casino became famous for its folk festivals, operas, concerts, dances, carnivals, and Oktoberfest. It was not until World War II that these festivities ended. But there were more. 
Immediately north of Eblin's Brewery, on the same hillside, sat Hupfill's Brewery, located on St. Anne's Avenue between East 158th and East 160th Streets. The vaults also extended back into the hillside of Eagle Avenue. In 1863, Anton Hupfell purchased a brewery on the hill from a Mr. Schilling. Two of his stepsons, Adolf and John, took over and ran the business until 1883, when the partnership dissolved and Adolf became the sole owner. His eldest son, Adolf G. Hupfeld, studied brewery and bacteriology and used the brewery as a mushroom plantation during Prohibition. It finally closed its doors in 1938, yet it managed to be the only brewery from the age of the Germans that still stands today. In fact, several years ago, some friends and I snuck into the building, where we found in the caverns bricked-up entrances to tunnels that clearly ran under St. Anne's Avenue. This would be no surprise, as the infamous Dutch Schultz, who you might remember from episode 3, Notorious Bronx. Well, Schultz operated in these parts during the age of smuggled moonshine and contraband. If memory serves, Angel, you had quite an experience uh, doing that little excavation. Yeah, I fell through a floor 15 feet down and was covered in 19th century dust and debris. A good time was had by all. And this is what happens when you snoop around abandoned buildings. Just traveling along 3rd Avenue, the number of breweries increased just as you arrived at East 169th Street. One of the earliest breweries in that part of Morrisania, operating before the Civil War, was Kolb's Brewery. Founded by brothers Henry and Christian Kolb, the lager cabins ran into the steep hillside of Franklin Avenue. In 1865, Bavaria-born John Eichler buys the coal brewery, names it Eichler Brewery, and by 1888, it was judged the best-equipped brewery in the country. Eichler came to New York in 1853, where he worked at the Turtle Bay Brewery in Manhattan, owned by Franz Rupert, grandfather to the New York Yankees owner. Those Ruperts really get around. When the dry days of Prohibition arrived in the South Bronx, Eichler Brewery survived it, by serving near beer, which was a type of beer that had a very low alcohol content. They were the only one in the Bronx that survived until Rheingold Brewery purchased the brand and brewed out of the structure until it was demolished in 1965. The Eichler Mansion, a beautiful French Renaissance-style structure that sat near the brewery, was later used as the Fulton Division for Lebanon Hospital before it was torn down in 2010. I guess this list goes on, hey, Angel. Well, I think we need to take a beer break and pay some bills. Just kidding. We're working. No beer for us. Or am I kidding? Yes, I am. Or am I? Anyway, we'll be back after a commercial break. The world has changed a lot in the last year, and more than ever, you need health insurance you can rely on. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield is the whole health company, and that means they are dedicated to improving the health and well-being of everyone in the Bronx and throughout the New York service area. They've been supporting the health of Bronxites for 86 years, providing you access to high-quality, affordable care. To learn how you can make a whole health connection, go to empireblue.com. Sigourney Weaver here to tell you about the New York Botanical Garden. 250 acres, 1 million plants, and you. Now open in the Bronx. Plan your visit at nybg.org. 
City Bike is expanding to the Bronx. Membership is only $179 annually. New Yorkers who live in NYCHA or receive SNAP benefits can take advantage of the discounted City Bike membership for only $5 a month. Visit citybikenyc.com slash pricing to get started. Olga, just in that immediate area of the Eichler Brewery, you had over 10 breweries operating at once. Here's just a quick list. Mayer's Brewery, which sat on the east side of 3rd Avenue between East 168th and East 169th Streets, was founded by Jewish merchant David Mayer in 1888. He served in the Union Army during the Civil War. Ravinius Brewery, opened in 1869 by Charles Ravinius, was located at 3rd Avenue near East 169th Street. It closed in 1892. He owned a home on Fulton Avenue near East 168th Street. The Kuntz family opened Kuntz Brewery in 1867 on East 168th Street and 3rd Avenue. Major Louis F. Kuntz was the proprietor until 1902 when it was sold to the Northside Brewing Company. Nearby on East 168th Street was the American Brewing Company. We don't have much information on them, but there is a strong possibility that they were American. Zeltner's Brewery sat on the northeastern corner of East 170th Street and 3rd Avenue. Heinrich Zeltner was a third-generation brewer who in 1860 purchased a small brewery from Wilhelm Jaeger. The brewery was gradually enlarged to include a picnic park and a dance pavilion. The Zeltner family operated the business for over 40 years. Here's a fun fact. The Zeltner family used Indian Lake at Cortona Park for ice storage. Remember those great Bronx breweries and distilleries tours we used to give when the Bronx Tourism Council had a trolley? Of course, how can I ever forget those tours that involved history and alcohol? I know, right? Well, although we gave those tours to educate our Bronx residents and visitors about the history of Bronx beer, we were also celebrating a reemergence of the beer brewing tradition that basically stopped when Rangol Beer closed down its operations at the old Eichler Brewery in the 1960s. Absolutely. Within the last 10 years, we have breweries opening up in the Bronx. Founded in 2011, Bronx Brewery opened their operations in an old marble factory building on East 136th Street in Port Morris. They also have an outdoor area, maintaining the old German tradition of beer gardens that also played a major role in the German Bronx community. Then there's Gunhill Brewery, which opened their doors in 2014 on Laconia Avenue off of Boston Road. A walk inside reveals old flags of the Republic, hung on almost every wall with a huge mural of a six-pounder cannon harking back to the American Revolutionary times when that part of the Bronx was very active, hence the name Gun Hill. We also have several beer halls and even a distillery that makes Puerto Rican moonshine called Pitorro. Port Morris Distillery reminds us of Prohibition when our friend Dutch used to run the speakeasies around the hub. We're taking another quick break, but don't worry, we'll still be sober. Or will we? Yes, of course we will. Or will we? Get it, baby, get it! And now, for a little segment we like to call, Yo Angel! Yo Olga! 
There are two magnificent statues of lions flanking the entrance of the New York Public Library on 42nd Street. I hear they were made in the Bronx. What say you? Indeed they were. They were carved by the famous Picciarelli brothers, a family of sculptors who arrived in New York City from Massa, Italy in the 1880s. The brothers Attilio, Ferruccio, Furio, Getulio, Massaniello, and Orazio were accomplished artists who made the South Bronx their home. It was on East 142nd Street in Mott Haven where the family owned a brownstone. Their studio was located just next door. American sculptor Edward Clark Potter modeled the two marble lions and then commissioned the Picciarillis to sculpt the lions out of Tennessee marble in their South Bronx studio. The two pieces were then installed before the 42nd Street Library, which was officially dedicated in 1911. They were named Patience and Fortitude by Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia during the Great Depression. There are other pieces at the library that were carved by the Picciarilli, such as the six statues that sit above the library's entrance. Designed by Paul Wayland Bartlett, these statues represent history, drama, poetry, religion, romance, and philosophy. The Picciarilli hands have graced more of our nation's treasured works of art. We all know that they carved out the Abraham Lincoln statue at the Washington, D.C. Memorial, designed by Daniel Chester French. Yet, many don't know that they also carved other of French's designs, like the Four Continents and the 12 allegorical statues on the cornice of the U.S. Custom House at Bowling Green, which is now the National Museum of the American Indian. The New York Stock Exchange pediment, designed by J.Q.A. Ward, and the numerous large allegorical statues on the cornice of the Brooklyn Museum. Attilio, the oldest of the brothers, carved the main monument in Central Park, the Fireman's Monument in Riverside Park, and an innovative glass relief called Youth Leading Industry at Rockefeller Center. The Picciarelli family is buried in Woodlawn Cemetery, where many statues and memorials were also made by the brothers. And now you know. Angel, one of my favorite facts about this subject is that almost all of the German brewers we've mentioned in this episode are interred at Woodlawn Cemetery along with their relatives. That is true. The area of that cemetery is nicknamed Brewer's Row, a walk down this path that you would find the Eichler and Kolb family plots located next to each other, while the Ravinius and Zeltner family plots are located just a stone throws away. It's like they all wanted to be located in the same vicinity after death, just like the old brewery days on 3rd Avenue. If you want to know more about Woodlawn Cemetery and those tours, just go to woodlawntours.org. Well, Angel, I enjoyed throwing back a few cold ones with you, but it's time for us to go home. This was fun and punchy. That's our show this week. Thank you all for tuning in to our Go Bronx pod, produced by the Bronx Tourism Council and made possible by Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Mucho thanks to the Huntington Free Library and Reading Room for serving as our makeshift recording studio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GoBXPod. If you like us, tell your friends. And if they already like us, make some new friends and then tell them. For more information about this and other episodes, visit GoBronxPod.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our e-newsletter to get the latest and greatest news from and about the Bronx. As, As always, always, I'm Olga Luz. And I'm Angel. Bronx Bronxfully yours. yours.